0: Hey, I'm Todd Knock, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics.
1: Absolutely incredible. Surprise!
2: Hi! Yeah. Hey, knocking?
1: Coming in. Steady rocking, knocking them boots. So what's the general consensus now about Cube?
0: (laughs) It's interesting. So um, another, not Dap, but another good friend of mine, who he's kind of like the football guy's version of that. He is of Jewish descent, but non-practicing, down with the swirl, married to a beautiful, strong, confident black woman. And he took me to task for my admonishment of Cube. Why? He... Because he thinks that Cube is being unfairly portrayed in this, that if we actually look at what happened, yes, it's unfortunate that Trump used him for publicity. And sure, he maybe should have known that was going to happen. But his point, and it's not one that's lost on, I think, many friends of ours that are black, that Cube is is about what he thinks is right for black people and not what he thinks is right for other groups, whether that's right or wrong and that he very much wanted to have those same conversations with Biden and Harris, and they've turned him down, so they didn't have time to meet. He reached out to both sides to talk about the same agenda. And so, you know, that ultimately, while we all have been over this, it makes no sense to vote for Trump because of so many other things. It's hard for Cube and my my buddy Matt's wife to think that it's really that much of a difference – It's not unreasonable for most black Americans to sit here thinking it doesn't really matter to us who ends up president. Now, you can, again, as we've made the point many times, say, hey, there's other reasons you should vote for Biden, even if you're not sure your lot in life is going to be better. But at the end of the day, it's much harder to get excited about voting for someone if you genuinely aren't sure it's going to make your lot in life better.
1: Yeah, I just want to know who appointed Cube the voice of black America. No one. He had a
0: platform that he wanted to discuss. And from what I saw of it, it's actually a pretty reasonable platform. And he reached out to both sides to try and get a voice, right? So um, unfortunately, he did meet with Trump and spoke what he thought was his piece, and then Trump turned it into a PR thing, right? Which, again, he probably should have seen that coming. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm not letting him off the hook, but I think it's not equivalent to the Kanye stuff. Like, Cube isn't endorsing Trump. He's not saying Trump is great. He's not saying Trump is good for the black man. He's saying... But he met with him, hoping that there would be a chance for him to hear cube's agenda, you know, so I do think it is it's a nuance, I think it's far less egregious, yeah than what idiot Kanye did am I disappointed yeah, of course I'm disappointed because I'm disappointed that anybody of any kind of even if you can affect a hundred votes at this point, yeah you know, I just think you gotta be just this is gamesmanship you got to be on your toes yeah right?
2: absolutely i mean it, it, there was a I, I saw him speaking with Roland Martin a little bit over the weekend and and uh and the clips that they were showing were you know he was basically saying um, you know this is this is the plan that was presented, and it's better than what the other side has presented because they haven't presented anything so so he's you know it it's do you go with the guy who's like this is this is what we can do versus the guy who hasn't told us what anything's possible but but when i look at and i i I get it you know cube is 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 he's living in the now and that's what he wants to focus on and 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 that's that's where he's making his decisions from at the moment but i also look at the past four years and and no black federal judges and and other things that the man has said not even said but has actually done i mean actions Mean more Trump can say whatever he wants, but it's what has he done that that should show you the type of person he isn't going to. Th- there's absolutely nothing that he could have said to Cube that would make me make me as a white dude leave that meeting and say, Yeah, I, I believe he's, he means it this time. I don't, I, I it's it hurts, and and I, I, I get that Cube and so many other people are frustrated, but um, it, it. From my vantage point, maybe short side is not the right word, but I just, I think there, we mentioned it before, there is a bigger picture, but it's, it's, it's unfortunate that it's happening right now at this time. And of course, like you said, Trump's taking advantage of, of the situation and, and he was getting a lot of shit for it and,
1: and right, so we're not. But, you know, I, I, I mean, from the black community, Kate, if you want that intro.
2: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's, 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 well, that's where we'll, we're
1: here. Yeah, we'll get there. Ah uh, yes, everybody, you know what this is. It's eleven o'clock comics, episode seven oh two. What? Damn. And I'm Vince B.
2: Our Vince B. I'm so glad to hear your voice. I
0: am David A. Price. I can validate that, and I am everyone's favorite Watchman character, Ozymandias.
1: You must mean Ozimandias. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, you you are not. You're you're namerizing that, my friend. It's yeah, I don't know where you're going with that. Ozymandias, you're not. You're Jason Wood, everybody, in the house for this a special stealth episode coming to you on a Tuesday. What it's is going on? It's craziness. Why would we do this? Well, because of our wonderful patrons. The patrons have stepped up and said, you know what? We want six episodes out of you a month. And who are we to tell them nay? We say, yay, we will do six episodes a month. And this is one of those. This is a special episode brought to you by our excellent patrons. If you would like to see why they are patrons, go to patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. One, one, no apostrophe. There's a whole bunch of stuff on the Patreon for you to uh, sink your teeth in. Some stuff you'll only be able to see the title. Well, most stuff you'll only be able to see the title. But if you're a patron, it unlocks, like, a lot of stuff. And the the deeper you go, the more you unlock. It's like a rabbit hole of, of mm. really bizarre stuff.
2: Yeah. Bizarre.
1: It, but it's comics related, right? Comics are the best, and so yeah. are our patrons. Patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. Go check it out. Do it. Yeah. So the reason why we have our Tookuses in the chair is to discuss. Yeah, to discuss um, a recently released first issue by um, Mr. Tom King. Are you sanding wood? Sounds like it. (laughs) Uh, Illustrated by Mr. Jorge Fornez with color art by Dave Stewart. It is Rorschach, number one. But, big but, before we do that, Mm? there was recent developments...
2: Oh super recent.
1: Yes, very recent developments in the the press. It's crazy. And um I'm not even going to begin to describe it because I do not have the necessary uh, information or the experience with this whole brouhaha. Jason uh is the man with the plan as far as business goes. And business. he's been keeping his eye on this. So uh Jason, why don't you tell them about this whole dc distribution shake up again
0: oh all right yeah so well so originally the story i believe was first broke by mr rich johnson at bleeding cool and i was then told firsthand by uh christina Merkler, shout out that uh he had the story wrong um but then subsequent to that a lot of um other sites updated more accurate versions of the story. But the news, as you allude, is that uh, after a few months, what I guess almost six months, but give or take uh, during the pandemic, when Midtown Comics under the banner of UCS and our good friends at Discount Comic Book Service under the banner of Lunar became the co-distributors for DC Comics in the United States, UCS has announced and informed DC that as of January 1st, they are bowing out of the distribution business, and as a result of their decision not to continue doing so, uh, Lunar, a.k.a. the Merkler's, a.k.a. Discount Comic Book Service, have agreed to and been given the rights to become the new exclusive direct market distributor of DC Comics in uh, in the United States. Pretty amazing, considering that when we had Christina on a few months back, she it was clear that this was... Even the decision to do it as Havsies was opportunistic and not something they had planned. And um, she was unclear what would happen beyond that point, depending on a lot of things. And now here we are heading into uh, mid-October. And as of uh, 2021,
1: they will be the only place that the comics industry can get their DC floppies. It's amazing. And uh, uh kudos to Christina and everybody at uh, DCBS. We love them. You know we love them. If you've been listening to the show for any amount of time, you know that they are the people that make this possible, by and large. Uh, but, and I think it's great, and, and, and there's no one else that's going to be able to handle this, but there's some people out there that read this recent development with some uh, trepidation. Right? Like, as far as yeah. what this means to comic book distribution writ large, like, how is this going to affect everything? And maybe this could lead to something uh, more unpleasant as far as comics go. Why don't you tell them about that?
0: Yeah. Well, um, when we last discussed all of this, I said after we talked to Christina the second time that um, while I very much thought her and Cam's. Um, focus and interest were in the right place. And I thought they intended to do well by the industry and that, you know, we had every confidence that they would, they would to whatever extent they controlled things, they would do a great job. You guys know my take on it was that I was a little worried that, uh, the Merkelers, who we consider good friends were at risk of being played by DC in that because of the big shakeup that we've seen with DC proper and obviously time Warner being acquired by even a bigger conglomerate, et cetera, et cetera. The management shakeups, I was worried that this, if you kind of took a step back and you did an overhead view of all the things that have happened with DC over the last year or two, it looked, from my vantage, that the the data pointed. You could make a case that DC is ever so slowly um, giving up its interest in supporting the direct periodical market. And when I made that point a few months back, I got a lot of pushback. From our listeners, from you guys. I mean, you guys were less like you weren't pushing back, but you didn't really necessarily see it that way. But, uh, and then even, you know, again, to be fair, the the Merklers hit me up and said, you know, they really do think that DC's got is committed for the long term and so forth. So I, I took that at face value and I posed the question again to, I did, for those wondering, I did speak to Christina today about all this and uh, I posed a few questions to her while she had the time. I thank her for the time. She couldn't join us tonight, unfortunately, because this is all kind of happening very quickly in real time for her. But, uh, I did point I did pose that question to her again and um you know her her perspective I guess is the same as it was the last time I asked her which is that you know she obviously can't control nor does she know the, what's going on in the boardroom at uh, DC or you know or, or Time Warner 18T whatever you want to call it certainly but um but from her vantage everything DC has said to to them has like in terms of what they expected and what they would give them and 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 how they would handle things has been 100 on the up and up like there have been no there have been there's been nothing that dc has said or done from their vantage that flies in the face of what they were promised at the outset so you know based on good faith and operating history she genuinely thinks that this is what it is which is that um you know their their reasons for leaving diamond were the reasons that that they did at the time and 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 they it was kind of a, you know a mutual an unexpected but mutually beneficial new agreement and that's her position as of today. They have uh, already secured new distribution space, uh, another warehouse to handle the logistics for the what will now be close to double the volumes, right? Um, because they're already doing half the country through Lunar, the onboarding process for the UCS side should be much more seamless. And uh, they're excited, you know. She said they've been staffing, basically hiring nonstop. Like there's, they're, they they can not hire enough people fast enough, and um, and they're very excited about the opportunity and, and humbled by it. So I, you know, I, I think that while I still have my fears about DC's ultimate motivation, um, you know, at the end of the day, what can we do? But it that that decision is going to be made or not going to be made at such a high level that we'll only know about it when it happens. And uh, beyond that, it's just my, my skepticism that plays into it. So in the meantime, I'm sure that uh, the Merkles will do as as damn good a job as they possibly can to uh, service the market.
1: Sure. Um, I just, I think it's amazing how they can go from, um, well, 60 to 120 like on a dime it just seems like she has contingencies for everything Uh, i guess long story short i would not want to f with christina she seems Uh, like she has a plan for every up like every contingency every opportunity she's she's got it covered it's like okay you don't screw with people like that which is good um but i'm i'm selfish i know that now i mean we did but now it's even better we're going to be able to get dc books even quicker So Uh,
0: true. And then um, now to keep in mind, I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing though, because there's two other parts to this, which I think are important as as you try and unpack this rubric. Um, Hmm. And this is not new. This has been the case since lunar and UCS came to be. Um, Non-periodicals are not exclusive to them. And random house is the primary distributor of those. And that's part of why I've been skeptical because I don't think in fact, we had this conversation on the uh, Facebook group today because someone on the Facebook group in reaction to this news said, oh, see, this is another nail in the coffin of DC's commitment to printed comics. And I said, not at all. And then later I chimed in saying, I am fearful about what this means for the direct market. And then the guy said, well, wait a minute, you just contradicted me and said you disagreed with my take and then you're just reiterating. I said, no, 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 there's a difference. I don't think that DC is going to give up printed material for a long long time if ever but giving up printed material is very different not giving up printed material is very different than weakening your reliance on monthly periodical comics right like through the direct market those are different things so i'm, I'm less confident that they're committed to 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 the comics market that we know and love i'm 100 percent sure that they are rem- and will remain committed to printing comic book material in some format Like, I don't think they're going to go all digital or give it up. I just don't see that as likely. Um, And then the other nuance and the other thing that there's pushback on is that, I guess, with this news today, um, it was also announced that retailers will have a minimum order. So you'll have to order $500 of DC book per month to qualify. And a lot of pushback on the interwebs. Oh, that's not fair. The small shops are going to be screwed. So I actually, uh, John Jackson Miller, who does Comicron, the, you know, the longtime stat, you know, he's probably, it's fair to say, like the statistical historian of the comics market. He um, mentioned that based on data he had, he thought that somewhere between 10 and 15 percent of Diamond accounts wouldn't qualify for DC books under that threshold prior to the split. And um, I asked Christina about that. I said, hey, you know, this is what I'm hearing: ten to fifteen percent of clients. And she said she didn't have a stat-, a stat that she was comfortable sharing, but that she did want to point out that there is too much consternation about it because in the time that they have been operating as lunar, they have seen firsthand that diamond was very, very lackadaisical about their own professed rules about diamond only being for retailers, meaning that there are lots and lots of small accounts that are effectively buying clubs, like. You, me, and Dap getting together and getting a Diamond license, and just because we buy enough comics that we can get the discount. And she said there are probably ten to twenty percent of the market, the existing Diamond retail accounts, were people that were either buying clubs or stores that had folded up but kept their store open, their license, their you know their their relationship with Diamond open, so they could get discounts for them for themselves and friends. And her point on that is we should be trying to actively stop that from happening. If you're a retailer who's operating in good faith you want us to get rid of those accounts because they will either have to give up buying comics or they'll have to start going to your stores and buying them the way they're meant to be buying them. And she's absolutely right. So I see her point. I think it makes sense. Um, but again, I'm not going to, she wasn't comfortable. nor am I going to say it's it, whether it's 10%, 15%, 5% that I don't know. But, but honestly, $500 of com- of DC comics a month is not that much. It's, because this is retail price, okay? It's 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 not like it's not $500 of what you're paying Diamond. It's $500 of cover price material. So, as we know the average comic now is 4 bucks, right? So, you know, do the math, it's a it's 125 comics a, a month. So, if you're a store that's not selling 125 comics a month, you know, I mean, I'm not sure it makes much sense for you to have a storefront, honestly. So, um so I, don't, I think they people are making much ado. I think that they're making much more of that than they should about this minimum. I think that minimum is just sound, sound solvent operating procedure. Many many businesses require minimums to make it worth their while, right? I think that's just good business. So I, I think that's that's a non-issue.
1: That's pretty deep. I didn't even think about that. Um, I was in a buying club once. Mm-hmm. Not comics though. Hmm yes uh gaming buying club, and sure. you know you have a tax free number and a couple of guys, and you can effectively save some money and I totally with Christina on this, I think that uh, mm-hmm. these these um, clubs need to be weeded out because they 're not helping the distribution market at all mm-hmm. they 're just helping a couple of guys in a basement, so sure yeah
0: now what some some have said, including our good friend Mark Lamming, he you know they mentioned that. There are lots of stores, small businesses that are um, more of holistic hobby places, right? They sell toys, they sell, um, you know, uh, board games and card games and uh, snacks, right? And, and they also sell comics. And, and those stores like, would likely be up against this, you know, right? Because if, if you're only doing 10% of your business from comics, you, you know, you, may, you maybe aren't selling. 125 DC Comics a month. So, so in that case, that they could be hurt for sure. And and again, while that uh, that's suboptimal, I wish that weren't the case. They still are more than able to get volume discounts, right? Like you you can. I mean, listen, let's be blunt. This is probably I mean, let's be honest, right? They could order from DCB Service, right, and get get, get it and get them for forty percent off, right? So, like, they're not. I, whatever their diamond discount was, they they're gonna instead of getting what forty eight percent off. They may only get 40% off now, but like, if they're selling them for cover price and most hobby shops probably aren't giving a subscriber discount because they don't have subscribers, it's still plenty profitable to order your comics. So I, Even that, I think, is a specious reason to get upset about all this.
1: Well, I'm glad you uh, did some digging. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and uh, oh, oh, I was going to say one other thing. The interesting thing about this, though, is that some are trying to put this like, oh, people got to be DC haters again. Well... <laughs> just on that front let's nip that in the bud because in a much less publicized bit of news today um marvel announced that uh, effective soon marvel unlimited which i am a longtime subscriber and advocate of is moving from new releases being available digitally for free on mu from six months lag to three months lag and we'll see, like, what, if that's a big difference or not, but I feel like it's a seismic difference, because I don't know how many people these days are off-the-shelf current, such that they can't wait three months to get their comics read. Yeah. And, you know, and well, you could say the same for six months, that's why I say, like, I don't know whether the three month from six month means a massive influx of, of Marvel Unlimited users, probably not, but it is certainly a lot closer to day and date release, and, and it and while i agree and so two things one i do think that you could make the argument that marvel's decision to do that has a potentially even greater negative impact on the comics retail market than what dc is doing uh and secondarily i also think it's a condemnation of the per issue comicsology model because it's it's even less like it's even less realistic that someone's going to buy a digital comic from Comicsology off the shelf the day it's released when you can literally spend less than six bucks a month and get every Marvel comic if you just wait three months. I mean, so uh, we'll have to see how it plays out, and apparently they're saying that Marvel did this preemptively, knowing that when DC re redoes do- re- and relaunches its DC uh, Comics yeah. Unlimited, that they're go they had already planned on doing three month lag, and so Marvel's just getting in front of it. So if that's accurate, then in by the by this time, well, you know, by next year, so in three months, both Marvel and DC allegedly, because DC hasn't confirmed this, will allow you to read every one of the comics that they print three months after they hit the shelves for a couple dollars a month. And like, you know, you combine that with 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 what is already massively rampant and out-of-control piracy, which is many orders of magnitude, whatever people actually pay for digital comics. And yeah, if I were a comic book retailer right now that wasn't in a major city with massive, massive loyalty and and traffic
1: flow, I would be concerned. Well, I can't say there's much trepidation on my part about the Marvel thing because I'm not a digital reader, but there's a lot of people that are. Right, sure. So, as to uh, what its effects will be, we'll see. Yeah,
2: yeah. Anything? I'm curious to know what. Um, I'll I'll talk to if I don't see them tomorrow. I'll I'll talk to um, the shop on um, on Wednesday because he was they haven't. It hasn't been a great relationship with UCS and um. I know uh, between shortages and the late shipments and, but again, not that it's a, it's a massively huge shop. Uh, they they the order the Batman books. They do have customers that come in looking for, for some DC product, but um, they're not, there's no way they're, they're close to Midtown's biggest customers, but um, and the reason they went with Midtown is because of distance uh because of shipping um no matter what kind of deal lunar was offering um logistically, it didn't make sense for them to go anywhere other than with midtown so now that that's not an option, I don't know if um i' I'm, I'm sure they're going to have to get some d c books for their customers uh whether they'll piggyback on another shop that meets the five hundred dollar minimum um and then just you know get get the books from that shop, to appease any customers that do put it on their any DC books on their pull list. I don't know. I'll um I'll see what uh, what information they can offer when I speak to them. But yeah, it's it's you know I don't know I I don't know if most people just chose one or the other to get their DC books because of location. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I'm yeah, sure I think many a big part in it. Yeah. But yeah, so so now that there is only one. I mean it's not like it, it's it's not like Fort Wayne smacked up in the middle of the country. It's not like you know, so it's it's there's there's some people who I I, I can only imagine what what the fuck's his name? Brian. would I, I can only imagine what Hibbs is thinking now that, that it's just it's just D C B S is the only one in the game because God, Lord knows he had a fucking hissy fit when uh when it was announced. But um yeah, it's it it it's interesting. I mean I'm 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 happy for our friends because it it's uh it, it it works out in their favor um but uh you know i'm not it, it doesn't it's like i i saw the news and i'm like well we'll still be able to get future state so i'm like i'm not really sweating it too mm-hmm. much so uh but no it, it's it's i do feel for for those that are affected by it or or will um have to make changes those that are above board the, the buying clubs and whatnot maybe not so much i you know i get it you took advantage of of a situation you were playing the game that was available to you but um not every ride lasts forever so yeah it's yeah. it's i don't i'm not i i don't i'm not focusing on any negatives right now because i from where i'm sitting i don't see any negatives i'm not a retailer and i'm not um i'm just i'm i'm sort of kind of the end user because i just get my books from
1: Oh, yeah, People who
2: are. get the books, so
1: right. Well, yeah. that's well, yeah. That's... I know,
2: I know. I mean, previews isn't designed for me, the end user. The, the, the diamond diamonds end users are the retailers, and then we just get them from them. But yeah, yes, by all means, we are, we are the we are the end user. Right. Yeah.
1: And and to be totally honest, because the Merklers are friends with us, that is the only reason why I'm even remotely interested in this entire thing. If I, was I mean, say, yeah, yeah, I mean, thank you me I... for
0: queuing me up here because I. I... <laughs> I was surprised when you said earlier today that you wanted to talk about it. I'm like, well, oh, I,
1: okay. of course I want it. Well, I have to think that, you know, look at the big picture. The listener sure. is more than, than us. Uh, their concerns are, are preeminent. So right. Uh, right. they need to know about this. But long story short, it, like I said, if it wasn't the Merklers, I wouldn't give a damn where I got my books yeah as long as i got them like end user get me my Mm -hmm. books get them cheap get them now deliver them right to my door for a fraction of what everybody else is paying yeah Yeah. and i
0: don't know that i i because i realized when we were starting out this conversation i mentioned that uh johnston at bleeding cool had it wrong so i didn't i wasn't clear about what they had wrong so they had originally reported that dc had dropped ucs in favor of lunar and uh and, and christina to her credit. When I when I talked out when I reached out to her said she wanted to clear that up from her vantage because she didn't want to have anyone thinking that is the case like she said that is not what happened that UCS was in good standing with DC they both had the same exact terms and deal on the table to extend into 2021 and beyond and UCS made the choice to not continue because you know they are in mid- in Midtown Manhattan obviously real estate and availability of warehousing space far different than in the midwest where the merklers are and with covid and you know the stress of you know manhattan obviously only only 13% of manhattan workers are back in their offices uh m- understandably midtown just didn't feel comfortable um committing to sub you know what would have been substantive substantively more investment in the distribution business to make it a long-term thing right and so they just kind of said to DC, Hey, we're you know, much love and, and we're happy we're able to help you, but it's just not something we feel comfortable. And then DC said, Okay, yeah, I mean, we understand, and said to to Lunar, this is the situation. Do, how do you think you could or would be interested in doing the whole thing? And so so I guess I, I do think it's important to make the case that like where I said Rich got it wrong, that's where he got it wrong. He implied that UCS, which admittedly anecdotally, it seemed as though retailers were generally more um, complimentary of the way Lunar was handling things than UCS. And I, again, say anecdotally, I, I've I heard several firsthand accounts to that effect, but I, I can't say that we've ever done any kind of scientific polling to, to make that a declarative. But, um, you know, basically UCS walked and, and Lunar's saying, bring it, you know, we'll, we'll handle the whole thing. Nice, so. nice. Yeah.
1: Well, let's handle the whole thing on this Rorschach number one. All right, let's do it again. Just to remind you, it's written by Tom King, illustrated by Jorge Fornes, with color art by Dave Stewart. Last week, it was it came out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Last Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, my top level uh, uh, experience with the issue: I was stunned that it incorporates. The narrative from the HBO Watchmen series, which is, I guess, now canon in the DC Universe Watchmen. It rubber stamps the events of the HBO show. No? Mm. Hmm. He explicitly thought... says Oklahoma. That's not a coincidence. Oh,
0: no, no, wait, wait, wait. But, Dude, no, because Oklahoma is a real
1: thing. The events of Oklahoma. Right. But that is, the, the, that was, of, of Tulsa was a large part of the Watchmen HBL show. Yeah, but Tulsa's also referenced the Lovecraft Crunch. I mean, it's, it's, it's a legit historical event.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, right, exactly. But why
1: would the mask, he, he mentions the, the comment of Oklahoma in relation to the Rorschach mask. That's Intentional. This this issue I think
0: it's intentional on Tom's part to acknowledge the Oklahoma massacre but I don't think I would be betting that this is canon with the TV show because I don't see cops walking around in masks and all that stuff. I don't I, I don't But I, how does
1: how does the the mask In
0: fact, we actually see, see there's cops. In fact, actually no, I'm quite confident you're wrong because in the in the 6th or 7th page there are cops that are in a flashback going to the door, and, and when the night of Rorschach, yeah. and and they're plain cops. Yeah. So clearly, yeah. this isn't the, the HBO show universe. In mm. HBO show universe, cops do not—they all are masked. They do not have—they're not unmasked.
2: And it it, it took hmm. me a second because some of the fashion is it seems a little dated or of a certain era, and and. Although the, it is, they
0: do say it's 2020, though. Yes,
2: yeah, because yeah. the movie there, there's a movie, uh, there's a billboard that says the movie's coming in 2021. But um, so, what was the
1: the, uh, the date of the HBO show? Present day,
2: present day. Yeah.
1: So, could the events of the HBO show have turned law enforcement away from the?
0: No, because the the as we learned in the HBO show, the the calls to wear masks was years before the show took place. Agreed.
1: Right. Agreed.
0: So but they're what both I'm saying... present day is my point.
1: But, but
2: no, but Vince, yeah, whatever happens in the show, I don't think that, that that caused the world to change so that the change that happens at the end of the series, the TV show, is the way these people are now. Like like the, the six or seven or eight months between the end of the TV show and this issue,
1: well, that's real I don't time. think
2: was enough to... to to make the, the change. Plus it was, I mean, I don't think every state or every city, um, changed the the same way. I don't know if every police organization across the country all wore masks. I think it, it, it was, um, and I may be wrong, but it, it's, I, they, two separate things, just like, um, there's, I mean, you know, you could have been digging for doomsday clock references, in this or the button you know i mean there's this is this is just just like the watchman tv series this is this is something that's taking place after alan and dave's series
1: but why what no. uh, okay just just humor me sure when kovacs was destroyed at the end at the in the events of the original watchman yes, yes yes why would the mask be popular even after Oklahoma, if this urban
2: legend, it's, it's just that it's, doesn't it's,
1: that, that, that's not enough. That's, mm, I don't know. I don't know. I, I,
0: I if only we knew Tom King and could ask him.
2: <laughs> I mean, it, you have people who it, it it's. I mean, similar to fashion, it's things are cyclical, and, and people love referencing things from the past, and um, you know, we're just going to. Right, but
1: to, uh, I'm I'm just Oklahoma and the events of that whole thing are not even a factor in the original Watchmen. They're an, they're they're an important part of the HBO series. Why would Tom mention it in his narrative if some of that wasn't incorporated into this or will be incorporated into this? Like, why even bother? It has nothing to do with the original Watchmen, right? The the the, the riots. Um... Well,
0: the but well. But you're getting into a sticky wicket here because Lindelof made it clear that the Watchmen show very much was, in his mind, canon, and everything that happened in the comic happened in his universe. Correct.
1: Cool. Right. Right. Well, that's cool. But, but it's
0: like butterfly effect. Like, So I think it's fair to say that Tom's Rorschach and Lindelof's HBO show both treat the original Watchmen, Alan Moore, Dave Gibbons' work as canon, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they are the same future. They could be two different futures, right? Yeah. Yeah. But just for just for the fun of it, I did just text Tom. So, unless he's busy at some Hollywood muckety-muck thing, maybe he'll respond by the well, time Well, how
1: awesome would that be if he responds live? That would be great. Yeah, it really mm. would, really would. Um it's, again, it's it's just a tease. This whole issue was was a a, a, a glimpse at—I'm uh, guessing—the big narrative that Tom has planned, because, in a sense, uh, well, not in a sense, but in essence, we have a political rally for um, a rival of Redford, a presidential candidate that's going to rival Redford, and it seems that a man and woman—one, uh, the man dressed as Rorschach, the woman dressed okay. as. A, uh, a cowgirl we're going to assassinate said political rival, um, and a man, a, a, an investigator is brought in to get to the bottom of it. F- turns out that the man's name is William Meyerson, who looks a hell of a lot like Steve Ditko, and uh, the woman is Laura Cummings. Now, what's the big deal with this this William Meyerson guy? You have a, a nut job that goes after a presidential candidate, tries to kill him, is killed in the process. Well, let's let's look at his prints. And it turns out that William Meyerson's prints are a match with Walter Kovacs. How is that possible? We don't know. Because <laughs> that's where the issue ends. But um, it's all tease. And I loved it. As, because it's all T's, right? It's just basically the, the the briefest glimpse into the setup. Uh, as far as where it's going to go, who the hell knows? It's <laughs> It could go anywhere, right? But I got to give props to Tom and uh, Jorge Fornes for not adopting the nine-panel grid.
2: Yes. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: yep. I, I thought it was wonderful that they didn't say, okay, I'm beholden to this friggin' structure because the original did it and Doomsday Clock did it. Uh, I mean, it goes out of its way not to, not to do anything with nine panels. Uh, even the last page, uh, it, there's a sequence in here that's 12 panels, which is close, but it's, the last page is just a blizzard of panels. Three, six, nine, 12, 15 panels on the last page just it's it's nice that tom is like okay we don't need to to mimic what has come before let's just blaze our own trail and maybe it it turned um some people away i don't know i can't i i I haven't really uh, other than you two i haven't talked about this issue to anyone so i don't know i haven't read anything online about the very structure of the narrative but uh, as far as the storytelling goes it's it's impeccable what we got comment
2: um i wasn't sure if jason was uh heard back yet um no, i'll
0: let I, you know breaking news if i do
2: the uh um no that i immediately noticed um we're not beholden to unlike doomsday clock where we're, they're not trying to um mimic the story that that came before that this stems from, um, I mean, even visually it looks a little different for style is, is, is much different than Gibbons, but it works. And, and I, um, as far as, you know, setting the scene and, and, and getting to know some of the players, uh, it, it's, um, I, I really, really liked it. I, I was, I didn't know what to expect going in because that again, it's, um, where where Watchmen the original series it's, its own thing and i think as a comic book it's it's perfect we don't need to noodle around with it and this being a story based on the events following that um and that it's not necessarily you know a direct sequel like the next day after the squid this is there, there's enough of a distance here where i can kind of just mm-hmm. take it for what it is as its own thing again, based on prior material. But um, I, I really liked what um, what Tom and and Ori are going for. I mean, at first I thought I wasn't sure where we were because my man looks an awful lot like a David Messi Kelly, James Gordon with some weight on him. But it, it mm-hmm. uh, he obviously isn't but i i was i was a little concerned if it's like if if we're kind of actually merging um the dc and and the the, the watch universes but
0: oh interesting uh,
2: but um but it it's you know we there's enough here i mean with, the, with with my man's beeper and it's just it's a single line digital readout pager it's not like it's nothing fancy um this this is i mean redford's president and which is something again that, that that the show also took advantage of um it's uh i'm i'm kind it, it's it's only the first issue and you know some pages as it says has, has a ton of panels in it but um i'm already feeling well dirty being in this world but i'm 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 somewhat comfortable like i'm already um I'm, I'm not um I'm not shrugging my shoulders, going, yeah. Let me see where the second issue takes me. I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm really. I was. I'm not saying it surprisingly, but I, I was hooked because it's something that I very easily could have been. Okay, you know, I'll, I'll just wait on it. I'll see what everybody else is saying and then I'll read it when it's done. Um, I do think it's no, going to
1: read better when it's done.
2: I, oh, yeah, I agree. I agree because there are some, there are threads here, and and there are, um, there are things that um, you know. Knowing Tom, we'll see. There, there may be something that. We won't see until the fourth issue where um had we known about it a few minutes earlier from reading an issue or two ago uh as opposed to months later, it might um it it there'll be a benefit to reading it uh in, in one chunk. But no, I, I really, really like uh, as far as first issues go, I really like this
1: one. I wonder how many heads the whole William Myerson Steve Ditko thing is going to fly yeah. over. <laughs> because uh, Tom is, is explicit that Meyerson was a, a a comic book artist. And for him to... For uh, Fornes to sculpt the visual aspect of this person to look like exactly like Steve Ditko, we know the history. Ditko, Question, Rorschach, they're all, you know one and the same, at least as far as inspiration goes that Alan Moore used for the, uh, the original. But I'm, I just like, I wonder how many are going to get that because it's, it's, it's fleeting and it's not like the, the depiction of Meyerson, th- There maybe it'll be half of a face in the corner and he's, he's very, um, reluctant to face the camera. Like that's Ditko. It's Steve Ditko.
2: Yeah. yeah. So
1: how many people are going to, are going to pick up on that? i I'm, i'm wondering right maybe that's for the longtime fan here you go here's a little morsel on which to chew but i'm thinking you know we're such an insular group that um, maybe a lot of us will know this a lot of the readers will know that i don't know i don't i just thought it was very nice of tom to do that um to put another couple layers on this thing right
0: hey how would you like to have the man himself jump on for a few minutes
1: Oh, that's cool. That is very cool.
0: (laughs) He's like, yeah, whatever. I'll I'll patch him
1: in. I'll get him in.
0: See, folks, this is why you pay us the big bucks. Because here we are discussing and debating Rorschach number one. And we have a disagreement. And so what do we do? We go to the source. Look who's here to settle this debate. But the man himself, Mr. Tom King. What's up? You know nothing of my work. Please (laughs) go away. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well you don't know which of us knew nothing of your work and which of us was spot on about your work we had well, a disagreement
3: th- thanks for having me you wonderful nerds you know you're my favorite people what a joy it is <laughs> today I, on this podcast yeah
0: yeah that's true so all right so tom uh first of all much love to you we are doing this is a bonus episode for the patrons because uh good fo- job so-
3: patrons well good way to spend your money This is that's right solely
0: great. solely focused on on rorschach well that's not exactly true. It was to be solely focused on Rorschach. We also threw in a little talk about the uh, the DC distribution news today. But anyway, um, what we were just is, DC's got. A, what every day there's some some. It's true, it's true. It's above your pay grade though. It um, was
3: way above my pay grade. <laughs> I just turn, I turn in scripts and businessmen make decisions.
0: That's right. But we were just, and that's you know this already because I texted you. But we were just debating and discussing the opening scenes, and Vince uh, made the point that. Uh, in his mind, this was clearly you treating the incredible Damon Lindelof uh, Watchmen television series as canon. And Dap and I very quickly said, "Nah, bro, I don't know that that's true." Because, uh, like, just because I mean, a Oklahoma was a real thing that happened in real life, and b the cops in these in these here uh, scenes don't have masks on. And uh, so we went to the source, and uh, you wrote the thing, so settle this debate.
3: Yes, it, it, it treats. Uh, both the original Watchmen and uh, the TV show is canon. Those are the two. Ca- those are the two in canon uh, texts that I built. In one for, for Vince. Two. There you go, Vince. So we'll we'll well. It did, this uh, takes place like some six months after the TV show because yeah. obviously, obviously the um, the candidate that was running for off for president in the Republican Party in the TV show is now uh, spoilers, but he's liquid, so <laughs> he cannot run. Uh, and uh, so this is Turley is a new candidate who replaces. What was his name in the show? He was um, he was the son of the guy who was Keating Jr. or something. Or? Yeah, yeah. He's the son of the guy who made the first laws, whatever they the the first anti superior laws. Can't remember his name. Um, but yeah, so that guy Joe Joe Jr. Joe Jr. That sounds yeah. Uh, Joe Jr. is uh, dead, and so Turley took his place. And though it, it, it that it happens in canon, it doesn't reference directly that show. Um, I actually talked to Lindelof about this. Uh, <laughs> and, and he was he was happy with it so uh yeah so so you can look at it as a as um you know if you love the show you can you know this sort of a continuation a little bit
1: excellent excellent that's awesome that page
0: you just got lindolf on speed dial you just, you just hit him up real quick on this on this painter you just hey 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 damon uh is that, is that how we're, it goes these days?
3: we were doing that fandom thing together um and so you know we were just doing prep for it and he, ah. he just started talking about it and going off and then yeah it turns out his kid goes to my high school that i went to um you know because i grew up in la yeah. and so we we bonded over that and then like you know we did the whole thing and then he reached out to me he's like tom i got this big thing i really need your help for a thing i was like oh my god this is my moment he's hiring me to write the next um uh super huge well, i'm already writing a super huge movie but the ne- even super huge movie and, uh, he's, and I get online, I'm ready to sort of make my big break. He's like, Tom, um, a buddy of mine needs some signed comics. Can I get some from you? <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's uh, buddy, awesome. Yeah. But I
1: just wanted to talk about one panel on that page where you reference Oklahoma with the Halloween store and the, the, the pulling of the Rorschach mask and the putting it in the bag and blah, blah, blah. The bottom panel, the frickin' Dr. Manhattan mask is looking yeah. at the person, <laughs> <laughs> that just creeped me right out. That one panel—it's
3: it's, panel. a, it's, it's a creepy with those masks. And that's I mean, that's all Jorge. Jorge is killing it. Jorge it's I mean, it's that's, insane. That's, that's the the that's, just that's the deadpan
1: just, look on that ma- on the face of the mask. But the thing, the, fa- the fact that it's actually turned to look at the customer—it's just creepy as hell.
3: Well, it's funny because I I wrote it um, at the beginning of the series, and then I, I had doubts I was like, I really want to make this fit into that universe. But then I had already written that scene where he picks up a mask at a local store. And I was thinking, you know, you watch that show and the mask is sort of worn by these Oklahoma extremists. And I was like, Would they still sell it at stores if it was But then I looked at our own real life where people can yeah. buy frickin' MAGA hats anywhere oh, and all this stuff. I was yeah. like I was like, Oh, you know what? I, I think in real life you probably could still wear that mask, you know. <laughs> like mm-hmm. there's still people flying the, you know, CSA flag and stuff. So um yeah, I I, I then I was like, Okay, I guess Real life being as crazy as it was gave me a little leeway to do something a little crazy in the plot. Nice.
2: This is a uh, it's it's a 12-issue series?
3: 12-issue series. All done. I've written every single issue. I wrote every single issue a while back, so it's been a while since I've done it.
2: Yeah, I remember your, your your tweet. You replied to someone who uh, kind of is complaining about Doomsday Clock and among that, the delays. And, and you said that that's one thing you won't have to worry about with this.
3: Yeah, unless Jorge starts... Right. As it means he just had one kid, so maybe he'll have another kid, Or he didn't tell me about it, but... Let's start skateboarding. Maybe let's start skateboarding around <laughs> uh, uh, Hanging out with Tony Harris all the time. I don't know. I did, <laughs> that was for <funny>. you. <laughs> I didn't have Tony Harris for oh, nice.
0: you. Oh, man. Nice. I was going to say, what well, I was nice. going to say. Jesus. <laughs> Perfect. Holy boy. Shots are being uh, fired around here.
3: Uh, no, it, uh, uh, Jorge, is, he's got six in the can already. Nice. Nice.
1: That's incredible.
3: Yeah. yeah I really love you. um, you're gonna hear some music in the background And my kids sleep too so I apologize. It'll get a little. It's all Swinging here. Uh, my kids sleep to Sinatra. That's fine. Uh, so. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So. So. Yeah. So he's six in the can. That's more than I've ever in the history of my life been uh, ahead when I started a book, and he's on clockwork on time. So th- these twelve issues should come out once a month, yeah. as far as I know. At least they will for the first nine issues. I can probably guarantee, and I think I can almost guarantee twelve. Well,
1: that sure That's is possible. a rarity these days, right? Yeah, it
3: is. It is a rarity. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um, Not only uh, for a, a book to come out monthly on time, but to have one artist complete all twelve issues, it's like we're, we're in another universe here.
3: I've. I mean, I did that on. I mean, Mitch. Did it with
2: Mitch. Yeah. Well, sure.
3: Sarah.
2: I mean, there was a delay with Mister Miracle. But, but Sheriff was on time, right?
3: Yeah, Sheriff was on time, which is crazy. And Vision, and, right? And unheard of at the time. But the Vision issue.
2: wasn't just one. Vision just wasn't just Gabriel.
3: Yeah, Vision had one fill-in. Oh, it, it
2: did? The Walsh. Was oh, a Walsh, right? right? Oh, that's
3: right. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, how did I forget that? The it Walsh.
0: I mean, that's right.
3: And yeah. I think we got delayed a week here, a week to, but Gabriel was like really a Walsh, consistent. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is it's a 12 issues with one artist. That's pretty unheard. Yeah, I guess, I mean, I happily be with Sheriff, but it hasn't happened since so <laughs> it's five years ago. yeah so
0: take us back when you, like, when, how long, since you wrote the song, how long ago did you pitch this?
3: Um, so, I mean, I'm astonished if you guys have heard this story before because I've told it, but it's all, I'll give, try to give you the better details. Uh, Dan, So when Mr. Miracle was ending and it was super popular, Mitch and I had already decided on Strange Adventures. We'd come up with a plot. We had Doc on board. We pitched it, had it accepted. It's all going forward, um, so much so that if you look at the end of Mister Miracle, you'll see like hints that we're doing Strange Adventures next. Uh, and then Dan texted, literally texted me. I was out walking the dog, and he's like, "Forget Adam Strange, nobody cares, Rorschach." <laughs> and he he and then I I and then I was, I was like, "That's insanity." And then he called me. Uh, when the publisher calls you, you know you gotta answer. So I was like, "What's up?" And 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 he's he's like, "I'm." looking at just our lineup and i just went to this huge meeting about the new Watchmen tv show and i just think that like Watchmen is is a brand now and it's a big brand and we have to sort of push it and i'm just like dan i don't want to do that at all (laughs) that sounds terrible (laughs) uh i i think you know i have my moral problems with the whole alan moore thing i i don't want to i'm already an alan moore clone in my head and lord knows i've you know, if you look at like I used to joke like Omega Men should be called Who Omegas the Omega Men. It was just like a direct rip off <laughs> of the Watchmen. And, uh, and and I, and then look, look, Moore is his own being, and his own being is just the best writers ever in the comics. And who wants to be compared with him, man? You don't want to go on after the Beatles. You know, it's just like it's not a good idea to be on stage after them. You know, uh, and and Mitch and I had already. Dry, he's like, "Well, Rorschach book will sell more," and I was like, "Yeah, but we're already down the line on this." Doctor, on the Strange thing I was super proud of, sort of what we had planned um, so I was like no way that's a stupid idea and, and you know when you said Watchmen TV show I was like you know I, I, the Watch first Watchmen movie is fine it's good in fact but it's, it's so much behind the comic book in terms of a, a, an art object you know oh hell yeah um, like the comic book is revolutionary the movie is just, another, it's just a superhero movie so I was like oh I, I just expected the TV show to be just like that I was like great it's going to be a longer sort of object like that and uh, and it wasn't until I saw the TV... Two things happened sort of simultaneously. Uh, one, when the TV show came out, and it was fucking amazing, which I didn't expect at all. Like, even my friends were telling me it was amazing. I was like, no, you guys have been fooled. Like, this is just a copy of something. Yeah. And then, like, three episodes in, I was like, oh my god, it actually... They pulled this off? It didn't even... It really look- was exceptional.
0: I mean, I think yeah. we are in the same camp. I, I was very much like, well... In fact, I think when before it started, I was like, I'm not gonna watch it. it, it I just have no interest. And then... Like with all things, you know, you, I, you you feel stupid after making a declarative like that, and then I watched it, and and, and I think again, it's, it's Anyone that's seen it, it's pr- it'd be pretty hard to be. I can't fathom a comic book fan actually watching the entirety of that show and not thinking it was excellent. Like you'd have to be on some extra level of like caring more about Alan Moore's personal affronts than Alan Moore himself does.
2: To actually, Jason, like, we we know one. You and I, I well three of us mm-hmm. but we, we we know one person who i recently saw absolutely did not like the series i'll tell you after but okay. uh, i was a little surprised.
0: oh i'm sure there are a few i mean i'm, I'm just saying like but it, but it, it's it's got to be a tiny percent i mean it was it was an incre- oh yeah yeah no, i agree i yeah. mean it's the kind of thing where uh and i don't even know it's it's funny i mean clearly given its success lots of people that weren't familiar with the source material were able to really enjoy the show anyway i i wonder about like i mean my i didn't get my wife to watch it i'd be curious if if she could enjoy it. Because I do think it's always hard when you are a fan of something, the source material, to watch something and, and really have a good sense of whether it would be entertaining had you not already been a nerd about that stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, that was just excellent stuff.
3: And, and I, like I said, I watched Tom it with Buffballs, my wife, who, yeah. had, um, who had, I think, flipped through Watchmen just because you heard me talk about it so often. But I don't think she'd ever read it cover to cover. And oh, she geez. enjoyed the crap out of it. She was like, bring on the next episode.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm.
3: Um so yeah well, sorry I, I interrupted you like a rude non good podcast
0: No man no I was just going to say like so so I think that that it's it's uh it is it is ultimately ballsy uh whether it was intentional or not to uh to to come up with a comic book about the Watchmen universe that follows not only the comic but but does in fact treat the TV show as canon as well <laughs> That is a you've set
3: a high bar for yourself and I applaud you for that that's you're not you're going for it well what the hell you know you gotta swing for the fences. uh but so okay so that i, but I want to tell the other half of that story because it wasn't just that the really show because that showed that it could be done well which i didn't even could even consider i mean the before Watchmen, like some of that stuff is really good um i mean the, the darwin cook art is really great uh, but none of it was like transcendent at least to me um i like the amanda connor series i thought she's i thought that was really nice each of them was but you know and um and doomsday clock was to me that didn't feel like a watchman thing that felt like a dc universe thing and it was it was a jeff johns joint you know um and so 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 the other thing that quinn coinc- is, is i did an annual with jorge and i jorge i liked him you know i was the one i didn't i don't know, discovered him but i you know he he was just a guy who used to send me like stuff on twitter and i was like put this guy on batman you know so um and you know and we went on batman he was doing an aftershock book so he took a big jump and uh and so but i thought he was really good and then we did this annual together and i was like oh he's not really good he's like a genius like i mm-hmm. have a guy here who can do um just work i was like oh now this is it's another mitch and another clay like I, I just i saw i was like this guy can tell a story unlike anybody in comics um and i was having resistance uh from uh, bob harris and dan didio who are both no longer at the company with jorge that they didn't they they were not uh, cuz he wasn't a big enough name quote unquote you mean No they they just they would come to me and say that he just looks like Mazzucchelli to us and we don't see the point in that and I was like what <laughs> are you just I don't understand. to say like Mazzucchelli yeah, was that's 30 great. years yeah. ago yeah. and he's and he's your what, your second best selling Batman artist of all time if this guy's 80% of Mazzucchelli you should be throwing money at him us <laughs> uh, and and so they, they were just and, and I saw more in him. I saw there was, like this, there was a lot of Kelly, but there was also like this Toth element to it, mm-hmm. and there was this old-school stuff, and there was some Gibbons in there. And, um, and so I was getting a lot of pushback. And I was like, they really want me to do this Warshock series. I can use that as leverage to get Jorge a book where I can show off what he can do. And he's already, by that time, he had done some Daredevil with Sadarsky. So once you do Marvel work, they get more interested in you. Uh, <laughs> oh, and so that was, it was those two things. Like I saw that, okay, this can be done, and I really needed a project... To, before Marvel pulled Jorge away, I needed to give a project that was big enough and worthy of sort of Jorge's talents that DC would agree to. So Warshak was sitting right there, so I said, "Yeah." Um, and then, you know, we can talk about the whole Alan Moore of it, the whole thing. I'm interviewing Dave Gibbons in three days. For oh, really? Baltimore, for what? Baltimore oh, Comic-Con.
2: *Baltimore* coming? Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. Nice.
1: Well, I have a thank you, as far as this first issue goes. Mm. I, oh, okay. I just noticed it. But I thought the idea of making Myerson, Steve Ditko was brilliant. But not only did you make him Steve Ditko, you gave him Peter Parker's glasses. <laughs> so that's another layer. Or did, or did well, Jorge. that's what I'm saying. Oh, Jorge and I'm, – I'm giving them both props. But mm-hmm. this this Meyerson is Ditko wearing Peter Parker's glasses.
3: Yeah. Wait until you see issue two, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He gets, there's a girlfriend who looks a little bit like Gwen Stacy and there's a bull in these, you know, <laughs> we go a little meta with the whole thing.
1: <laughs> nice. Um, so. Yeah. Now, I'm uh, I'm assuming we're going to get more info on Laura Cummings too, right?
3: Yes. The first, the first, well, I don't want to tell you how it breaks down, but yeah, those, those, I mean, the whole point of the series is what got those two weird people, this sort of young lady from rural Nebraska and this old man from very urban New York, shut-in comic writer. Um, what got them together onto that catwalk, taking sh- shots in the United States? I mean, that's the whole point of the series. Mm-hmm. And and what does that mean for you know what the country is and what it will be going forward? Sweet. That's it. Oh, can't wait. And it's totally holding that, that Citizen Kane sort of style, which I don't. I've never seen in at least not in a twelve-issue comic book where we tell everything in Citizen Kane sort of flashback. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's cool. Now before you jumped on, v- Vincent made the point and, and we agreed that that it was cool to see that you didn't do the the Watchman Gibbons nine panel in this. It, it you know, you, you, you switched it up and I think that's I presume that was a conscious decision.
3: Yeah, the first thing I said to my editor when we got on the phone to discuss this was like I don't want to use any of the Alan Moore tricks or ticks. Um Number 1 cuz I've used the fuck out of them. Nobody's used the 9 panel grid more than me, you know. Oh,
0: no, well that yeah, no, that's the point I think Vince was making is that you know you you have and you've said this on our show many times like you obviously have patterned your your career understandably uh, in some ways on more and why shouldn't you? And and the 9 panel grid exists because it's amazingly effective and you, you know you're no stranger to it, but that's the point like so it's 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 notable that you 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 didn't use it in this.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think what, what is innovative about Watchmen is that it's in- innovative um and and by that means i means it it breaks new ground so if you're going to do something that's worthy of watchmen you can't just copy everything it does because then you're doing the exact opposite thing of that it did you're not being innovative right you're 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 like almost like an anti-watchman so if you go in there and you use all the techniques he used with you know the nine panel grids on everything and um you know the black quotes and um all that stuff then you're not you're not speaking the same language that Alan Moore was speaking because he was speaking of language like, look what this medium can do. If you're, if you're doing that, you're really just saying, look what this medium has done, you know? Right. Uh, so, yeah, that was the first thing I got on the phone. I said, I don't want this to be a cover song of Alan Moore. I, I, I've watched, it. I don't want nine panel grids. I don't want, the you know, the, the famous pun transitions where, you know, he'll say, um, t- you know, uh, the clock is ticking and the next panel will be a clock ticking kind of thing. Um, so I, I i threw those out and i threw out a lot of my own ticks, you know to take out the t- tics i stole from alan moore like rep- a lot of repetition quotes even i didn't i didn't use um there's no titles each, each chapter is you know chapter one chapter two chapter three so because you know they're, they're very famous title chapters i even took that sort of out it was sort of a way to push myself to not you know like i've said this a thousand times but like um, you know, you, you if you do it bad, you know you're like you're not even the monkeys to the Beatles. You're kind of like the Archies. You know, you can do a really shitty you just sound like a total mm-hmm. copy of a copy. I wanted to be like the Clash. You know, I wanted to follow the Beatles and take influence from them, and then take it to a and then take it to a level that's right for our time. Just like yeah, right yeah, that's
1: them. a great comparison. In fact, I love that comparison. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: it, it, listen, it, is it? I don't know if this is gonna make any sense. Is this is it easier now or, or to to like? Do, is it easier to write now? Do you think, or is each project its own little torment?
3: No, it's easier. Yeah, it's it's yeah. easier to write now. I'm, I mean, I'm in a good, um, I'm in a super good place. I mean, it, I mean, it's harder to write in the fact that like I have three kids that are home all the time. So I mean, there's just, I mean, just and the shittiness of the world, um, that that makes it harder. And I don't get to go to cons and see people and do that sort of creative thing, which I think renews some of your creative energy. Uh, but the actual writing is yeah it's gotten easier this is i mean i'm not on batman i'm not on a book where you got a billion people care about it and you got i mean but i'm i'm not just the fans but the editors you know um Mm -hmm. right now dc has me sort of slotted in this place and my my wife and i are talking about it because my contract's up you know uh, where they're like you just do whatever you want tom and be happy (laughs) which on one level you're like fuck that's all i've ever wanted in life and on the other level, you're like, wait, am I being pushed enough? You know, there's like something in you that's like, am I getting, you know, I, I don't know. There's something that's like, wait, you don't want me to, to, you know, you're not pushing me to do something I don't want. That's like as a writer, you're like, you know, because the deal would always be like, Tom, you know, why don't you write the next big creative crossover in my brain? I'd be like, man, I don't want to do that. I just want to mm-hmm. write some, you know, just write the best thing I can write. And I know that won't be the best thing I can write. But when someone's pushing you to do that, you feel wanted. But as opposed to DCs now just like, I mean, the money's good, but they're just like, hey, man. You do your thing and, 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 and make it as good as you can. And, I mean, that's it's the best way to write, but I get nervous about it.
0: Mm-hmm. We, we haven't had you on since uh, they made the changes at the top. Um, we, we have had you on since you left Batman, so we've already kind of talked about that. But, but uh, you know, I, it, it, again, knowing you personally, it seems like you you had a lot of fondness for Dan, in spite of the fact that he was – maybe you didn't always agree with him about certain things,
2: like a, the forehead thing. A
3: of fondness for Dan. I, I owe that yeah, guy yeah. my career – and he's a guy who loved comic books, and I totally respect, I respect him as a mm. as a leader and as a as a, as a friend.
2: You still so sure? Pleasure,
3: then? Uh We text now and then. I, mm. don't, I mean, I feel like if there was cons, I mean, look, my Dan and I were close friends, but we were con, I mean, like literally con friends, like right. yeah. we were at a con. The two of us had oh, you had know what? Drinks. It's funny but you said because yeah, We were friends. we were walking
0: to the con one morning you near know, Comic Con, and you were. At a diner with Dan Deo in the window, and we were like, "Oh, look at Tom yeah. sitting in, in the window with Dan Deo." That was early in your DC time. Um, oh, dude, while we have you, because again, this was impromptu. Uh, the future stuff, um, uh, future state. Yeah, future state is is that it
3: looks um, pretty cool? Well, I think it looks pretty cool. Uh, well, I was cynical um, about it, and I saw it and I was like, "Man, this looks pretty cool."
0: Okay. But maybe you, maybe maybe you're maybe you're um, maybe you're leading the witness. Is is so is is it in any way a remnant of what would have been five G?
3: I, I would call it the best of five G. Maybe to be the best way to okay. put it. I think um, when Jim took over, I don't think this is going to be a, a shocker, but he 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 gave more freedom to the editors to be like. I know you guys have momentum with sort of this 5G thing Dan was building. I want you guys and your creative teams to look at the best of it, the stuff you like the most, and build upon that and create something amazing. So that mm-hmm. was – Jim was very much like I'm cutting off the chains that say you have to do something. And okay, just like we were talking about me a second ago, and you tell me what you're passionate about. What are your creators passionate about? And build that stuff. That was sort of Jim's marching order. So I think what you're seeing is, yeah, I mean there are like – Lines of 5G on there, but Jim came in enough lead time to that where he could say to them, you know, cut bait with the stuff that doesn't work and focus on the stuff that does.
1: Well, that's that's, that's encouraging. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. I'm Dappin and I are extremely excited for it. Jason couldn't care less. So,
0: (laughs) well, no, I didn't say I couldn't care less. I just don't. I'm having trouble not seeing it for like I'm not seeing the commerce in it, but that's that's a criticism I have of. Of, true of big two comics in general now just it's the matrix right you just sort of seeing the forest for the trees right
3: um, i think that happens when you get a certain age when you're our age and you've seen you've gone through the continuity loop like four or five times you start yeah, yeah you start to see the matrix of it and, and well see-
0: and and also when you talk about it for 700 episodes and you and you, <laughs> and, you, you know, and you you know you you you're in the world of of, of analyzing industries and business like just as part of your dna it all it all plays into that yeah for sure for but
1: sure. but if you approach mainstream comics mm-hmm. in the same manner that an adam sandler fan approaches his films oh shit. well no, i probably af- do i well,
0: probably do exactly that
1: what i'm what i'm saying <laughs> is you, you know damn well what you're going to get when you sit down and watch an adam sandler oh, it's, movie. And, unless it's well, not uncut gems i was just going to say right if, 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 if you're sitting
0: yeah, no, I, no finish your point point then off. No, say, and
1: yeah. you sit down, you watch an Adam Sandler film, you know what you're going to get. It makes you feel good. Y- you, you get um, entertainment for X amount of time, for X amount of investment, and that's what mainstream comics are to me. Can they be occasionally great? Yeah, they can. Yeah. Waterboy, No, I think right? that's the
0: right way to look at it. And and I I think we've talked about this a lot, but what I was going to say, just not to contradict you, but to embellish the point you just made, is that for me... I keep coming back to mainstream comics for the moments that do surprise me, right? Right. And again, not to blow smoke up, uh, up Tom's ass because he's here and the area is big. I'm looking for his next. But time. like, you know, I I come for the I come for the the Mister Miracle. I come for the Vision, right? I come for House of X, Powers of Ten. You know, like I come for the things where you're playing in familiar territory for people that have been reading these universes for decades. But in spite of me thinking I know everything that's ever been said about these characters in this universe, you give me something I wasn't expecting. And I wish personally that I could get that experience one out of three or four times I read a big two book. I think realistically that's that's asking too much. And yeah, Vince, like, exactly. So the question is, is the stuff that doesn't reach that level – is it entertaining enough that you don't feel like you wasted time? Right. right. And, and generally the answer is yes. Right. I mean, that's why we've been like, sure. I mean, that's yeah, but, but I, but, but it's, it's, but it's the high notes that keep
1: me coming back. Sure. And within, for the high notes, within the of you do get the uncut champs, which is what Tom's work would be. Right. Given the body of, of, you know, the mainstream, which I mean, I don't feel guilty about loving the crap. And I sure as hell don't feel guilty loving the cream. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Tom, one um, of the things that I love about you is that you don't like you're, you're, you're honest to a fault when you're on the show. <laughs> no, 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 you, no, not I mean that. Like you just speak your truth. So like, so the reason I, I, I mentioned that is because, you know, now with some distance with the, with the uh, benefit of time, you know, you, you had obviously a big run on Batman. And as we all know, that is a advantageous place to be. If you're, if you're a good writer, much less a great writer, getting a chance to write Batman is significant to your career, right? I think we're seeing that with with, with 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 James right now. I mean, right, following you. But I guess what I'm wondering is because you were so self-aware of like being the Batman guy and what that did for you, now that you haven't been the Batman guy for a bit, um, like any like has it codified or or, or are there any like any any additional thoughts as you look back on the perspective of, like, having been there, done that? Like, has it has it kind of, uh, I don't know, knocked, like, like changed your perspective on your your own career place? Or, like, is it – yeah, I've just – like, have you had a chance – has it been long enough you've had a chance to kind of, like, take it in and say, like, that was a phase of my career and I'm glad it was there. But, like, it wasn't as important as I thought it was at the time. Do you still think it was as important as you did at the time? I'm just curious if you've had a chance to – to opine on that. Uh, uh,
3: yes, I, I, I do. And it, it, it changes from day to day. And I'm sure it will change from decade to decade as I get older. Uh, but I mean, I think the first thing to say is that I never once felt like I was quote unquote, the Batman guy. I always felt that Batman, even when I was writing him was like sort of Scott's purview. And hmm. he had sort of ownership over that. And it huh? sort of Scott's dudes, you know, his jocks and his capulos and, um, I, al- I always felt that it was – and I don't know if that comes with sort of Scott jumping on All-Star right when I was beginning or the fact that sort of even the origin of Batman, me being on the book, was I was supposed to write Detective while he wrote Batman. And Scott didn't want to do double ship so we just sort of shifted that to me writing Batman and him writing All-Star. Uh, I, I, but yes, yeah, and, and, but I've never felt like – I mean I don't see myself in that line of – I'm super proud of my Batman work. I mean, there's some issues there that I think are the best I've ever known. Annual to um, the stuff I did with Lee Weeks along the way. Um, some of the stuff I did with Clay Mann and those those like date issues. So I think that's the best writing I've ever done in my life. It was on Batman. But I, at, the, at the end of my day, I don't think like anyone's be like, listen, like, who are the defining Batman writers? I think you'll, they'll have your Danny O'Neils and your Scott Snyders and, and hopefully James. I don't think I'm going to be on that list. I, I just don't think... Um, I don't know. I just never thought of myself as the... I was a guy who was on that book and you have to remember while I was writing that book, I was still doing vision. I was still doing Mr. Miracle. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, so, and I, I think at the end of the day, I'll be more remembered or my legacy or the stuff I'm super proud of will be those will be, you know, sheriff and vision and Mr. Miracle. And, uh mega man and all those freaking things and even heroes in crisis which i still love um <laughs> and uh yeah so i i think i mean so let uh, I me mean, look i have no regrets like i said it was a ball no regrets. To you. when i when i started i had i'm off twitter now but i mean when i started i, I literally remember the day of the youtube thing i looked at my twitter and i had a, roughly six thousand followers and the day oh, wow. i finished i had 110 so like holy shit like that's 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 what Batman will do to you, and it's same with my bank account, man. My bank account, no. nice. Jesus
0: Christ. So uh, I didn't tweet off Twitter. Good for you. Yes, I, I
2: don't I'm think not, we're going to go there. But no, 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 you're not. You're, you, you, you. I'm not going to speak for you. You, I, you, you were absent now, for a little while, right?
3: right I just yeah. I'm not like I was. I was a. I was a Twitter addict. I was. Wake up in the morning, first thing I do is check his Twitter. Right. Um, go to sleep at night, last thing I do is check Twitter. Um, you know, it's like I was, I've was. i, was, I I've gotten rid of that out of my life.
2: You were doom scrolling. So, uh, dancing around that, dancing yeah. around that, I mean, was that, did it happen? Are you happy that it happened so you could get off Twitter? Or would you have liked to, well, obviously you would have liked to have it happen a different way. Um,
3: uh, I mean, I would say. No, I mean, what happened was, you know, the whole thing went down, and uh, I decided to take, like, three or four days off from Twitter. And like I said, I was a big addict of it, and, and, um, and my kid, who is 11 years old, went up to me and goes, Dad, you, you've been off Twitter? And I was like, I was like yeah. And, it, like, literally, like, like, Oliver asking for more. It's like, thank you, Daddy, because you, you're paying more attention to us now. <laughs> like, it was like, it was just, like, a direct shot of guilt to the heart. Um, and I was like, oh, OK, I I, have, I missed
2: the good morning posts. I missed those pictures.
3: Uh, yeah. So and I, I don't I I, as, I mean, I've got like both my Instagram, and my Twitter can have a significant amount of followers. I mean, for me not to post on them and say I've got a book coming out seemed like a st- stupid thing to do. So I still do that. Um, and I'm I'm trying to promote this this thing I'm doing in uh, Philly uh, for the election. So I'm on trying to promote so that, we'll as much to that as speak on that. Speak yeah. on that. Where have you? Oh yeah, on election day, I'm I'm going to downtown Philly to Fat Jack's Comic Crypt, and uh, I'm going to give away comics to people who voted, signed comics. So you can either wait in line and get a comic signed. It's going to be a masked, you know, social distance lines. Or if you think that's like that sounds like a bad idea to you, which probably would to me, I'm going to have a bunch of pre-signed comics. You can come and just pick one up and run. Um, and, uh, and I'll be there all day from 11 to 5. And it's just like, if you voted, here's a reward for you, man. It's a free site. That's comedy. freaking
0: great, dude. That is great. That's awesome. You know, it's fun. So I don't know if I've ever even told the story on the show, but Fat Jax is a really special place in my heart because my uncle, who's passed on now, but uh, he would, every time when I was a kid, I would see him after he found out that I was into comics. Every time we would get together, he would have a box of comics from fat jacks he would just he worked for septa the the train company and he would go to septa like once every week or uh, not he would go to fat jacks every week or two and say my nephew's into comics and they would just like he would just buy and he would buy random back issues he would like pull stacks of back issues out and just buy random back issues for like bucks a piece and then when i like we would see him every couple months he'd have 50 to 100 comics for me to read and like a lot of times there were dupes because i you know by then i had a pull list and but like it was so heartwarming, and I—I I actually, it's funny. I went as I went to college in, in Philly, and in spite of going to college in Philly, I have never physically set foot in Fat Jack's. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that's uh, but that's good karma, man. Cool. I'm glad you're doing that.
3: Yeah, it should be, it should be all right. Um, and 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 if you're like, be like, oh man, I don't have a lot of time that day. I still got to vote. I'm just I'm gonna sign a bunch of comics, so there's gonna be leftovers. So just go the next day and pick up a free comic. You don't go vote. Don't come to Fat Jacks. You're not gonna vote fucking vote
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right on right on yeah man cool so everything else is good in life i mean you know we we, we chat on the internet's a bit but life is good otherwise in spite of the fact that we've had to deal with 2020 if, collectively but
3: uh yeah i mean i'm nervous about the election and what's coming th- you know it's funny like we're gonna oh, my my wife was gonna come with me to fat jacks um because you know we figured it'll help with you know the line and, and sort of arranging all the covet stuff you know sort of be the enforcer um and then at the last second, she's like, "I don't want to leave the kids alone in Washington D.C. on election day." Nope. <laughs> like, no, she's like, "I just yeah. don't. I don't want to be two states away from them." Smart woman. Yep. So, um, so she's staying here. Yeah. So I'm. I mean, that's nerve wracking. Yeah, but no, everything's fine. That the the family is good and healthy, thank God. And, um, and and all the the kids are remote learning every day. My wife is home. She goes to work one week out of every three. She's a lawyer. And uh, yeah, but, and and I'm working on. Uh, as I said before, but you know, uh, these books I'm doing now, the year that are coming out now, Rorschach, Strange Adventures, and Backyard, that's sort of the third generation of books I've written. I've finished them because I got so far ahead because I've been very productive during COVID. Um, Good man. And so I'm working on the fourth generation. So I'm working on books that haven't even been announced, and I'm actually pretty far into them. Simultaneously, I'm working on the New Gods movie, which I'm writing today, and also on this uh, TV show that never goes away, which hopefully will land. And so, yeah, so those are the... Nice. It's I, nice I, seeing I, Cap.
0: I, it's nice I, seeing I, Cap out on the schedule. Finally, yeah.
3: Yes, yes. Um, um and it's so pretty, guys. It is.
0: I
2: bet <laughs> it <laughs> is. Thank for you for of, um he's a maestro. Thank you for bringing um the Phantasm into because that is absolutely I mean full circle is one of my favorite one shots, but Mask of the Phantasm is, is one of my favorite um Batman animated movies and, and to see the character and anything related to it. Um in the solicits for this book, um, made me smile. The uh, so you're you're obviously you're working from home. How is it working from home with with the kids there? Do you can you get away and just work on stuff, or do you have to a couple hours on, couple hours being dad at home?
3: The general rule, my wife and I work out because she's also here and she's also working full time. Is I'm sort of on call in the morning like a doctor because. Between three kids, the Wi-Fi is out on one of them. One of them's not in the right meeting at the same. time. Th- There's always some fucking thing going wrong, um, and so I'm on call in the mornings where I kind of stay downstairs. I try like, sort of get a chance to read in between things or clean something up or whatever. And then I walk the dog in the middle of the day because gotta walk the dog and actually leave the house a little bit. And then after lunch, my wife is sort of on call, and I and I take the afternoons of working, um, and, and then uh, until the evening. So we sort of we we we've kept that schedule pretty straight since march almost and it, it works for us like I, so i have less time to work i would say like you know probably like three or four hours have been cut out of my day um but uh i, I probably work more efficiently just because um my you know when your wife's home and your kid's home you probably spend less time looking out the window because you just want to get shit done get down <laughs> to talk so uh yeah uh, nice. and also there's no cons cons would take you know that's a yeah. big time suck if, if 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 you're if you're working them hard which i do yeah. so uh yeah so so it's it's not it's not work work wise it's very actually because work keeps you from going crazy man you could just go crazy in the middle of this and think i think you know I'm, I'm sucking up the gym enough but but jim's like i talked to him two weeks into the thing and he's like our philosophy is no pens down you push through it so when we come out the other side we're ready to go and so, and I just took that to heart, being like, all right, yeah, just keep going hard as I can, so that we we're just we get we have a ton of product. To be so that's am doing.
0: Well, nice. After we hang up, I want you to to text Jim and say, Jim, uh, it's been requested from some very important friends of mine that you start putting the DC catalog out in print again, because we're tired of having to read it digitally and talk about it in a video on PDF.
2: Actually, more important than that. Um, I have three friends who would like
1: you to be on their podcast.
0: Oh, well, that's true too. But I wasn't going to. go Well, for he only
1: that. thinks about himself. See how that works?
0: <laughs> I was Christ! Saying, listen, let's be honest. As much as Tom loves us, uh, I'm I'm guessing Suntris has made that dib claim many many times. So
3: Jim is such so a fascinating I, guy. I would love to hear you guys interview him because he has seen it all, done it all. He yeah. has, you know, he. Started his own company, became publisher of another company. You know, he um, he hang out. He, he did like twenty nine comic cons in a row, I mean, and he's he's been the best artist in comics for thirty years. Which even Jack Kirby wasn't the best artist for thirty years. I mean, it's just it's. Who the hell is this, this guy? Off. Why did we <laughs> ask him to come on our show? Oh, <laughs> uh, Tom to Jesus,
0: <laughs> I mean,
1: that's it. That's coming out. I mean, one of <laughs> the one of them, let's
0: believe the death, I guess. Wait, <sighs> I'm that I'm not to I say get, that. Get, that.
3: He told me I could have one of the Batcat covers and I just had to decide which one. Oh, so I'll,
1: I'll yeah, check Benny in with you to we'll see if, see if you
3: are. Jeez. He, he owed me one from that um that Bat-cat splash. That's right. Oh,
0: that's right. We
3: yeah. talked about earlier.
0: That's right, very nice. All right, my dude, well listen, thank you for for popping on. I'm too. I know you're a busy man. You got movie you here in the middle of, so much <laughs> love to you for uh, for popping on, on on the on the fly.
3: Yeah, I got to rewrite this seeing it standing in front of me i realized i was wrote it and i was on the trip i was like oh man i wrote that wrong (laughs) (laughs) it's like a wonderful and a great thought when you're like fuck i wrote something wrong because you know the way to write it right but you have to redo it Um, all right yeah i I, I appreciate you guys appreciate talking about this i love rorschach it's sort of one of those kind of slow burn things where um but it's complete someone asked me you know is just you? It's like, I was like, I threw away everything and started over again. So I appreciate you guys talking about it. Thanks,
0: uh, my day. Thanks, man. We love you as always, man. We'll have you on again soon.
3: Anytime, anytime. Thank you, Patreon, for subscribing to these guys. They're the best. And, uh, go, and, and go vote.
1: That's right. Yeah. Yep. Most important everybody. thing you said that entire pl- right. time. Yep. That's Wasn't right. Telling you. Get your asses right. out there and vote. Thank All you, right, Tom. Man, we'll talk to you soon, Tom. Take care, y'all. Thanks. Thanks good, good night. Time. Dap. Yo, did you notice the moment when Tom said, "Yeah, I was right. I was on a treadmill, and I was writing that thing where Jason was going to indoctrinate Tom into the cult of the Peloton, <laughs> and he he didn't have that chance. He didn't have the chance to do it. But it was in your head, wasn't it?
0: I said it, but he he just talked right through it. Oh, you did He's say probably- it." Yeah, I said that under my, like I was about, and then, but he just was, I, then I realized he wasn't done his thoughts, so I pulled back. Yes. See, Reverend I Jim. I asked him,
2: is it, is it the Peloton treadmill?
0: <laughs> I actually said, fuck, I actually said, fuck a treadmill is what
1: I said. Ah, uh, yeah, Peloton's the way but to go. Means,
0: but that being said, Peloton does have a treadmill, so.
1: Yes, they do. Oh, that's nice. That's nice.
0: <laughs>
1: so there we go. So that,
0: my- we, we, we do an impromptu to talk about Rorschach, and we get the man himself. That's awesome. Him. You did it. I mean, we did it. It was a collective, like, "Hey, why don't we?" If you hadn't said something that Dapp and I thought was cockamamie I wouldn't have thought. To test I still it. believe it is, but you know, it's... well, no. I mean, we clearly
1: it wasn't that. Well, wait, crazy. how can <laughs> you still believe it is?
0: <laughs> I mean, that's the best part, and I am glad he said it on the air. He said, "Yeah, it's canon." In fact, I cleared it with Lindelof himself, and I thought, "Oh, I am like." to come on and tell us that and yourself because there you go. <laughs> if i if i just say that you texted me that it's going to sound like you're <laughs> that you're really really uh
1: you know big time at us so uh nice yeah. nice well as usual we got to thank actually, you wait
2: wait i'm sorry hmm. i don't recall if i know i know vince you went into detail in the book i gave my thoughts while jason oh. was texting but i don't know if we actually heard what jason thought about the oh. issue
0: no, I loved it, and I thought it was great. I, I, I. I know I you did. To... I didn't
2: know if there was anything you wanted
0: to say. Yeah, no. I mean, I, well, I mean, I think you guys covered it. Listen, I, 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 I think I've said this. I don't think I said it on the show. I think I said it in our Slack. But honestly, when it was solicited, if Tom wasn't the writer, I wouldn't have been. Yeah. I would have thought of this the same way I thought of before Watchmen, meaning that I wouldn't have been like diametrically opposed to it like other folks were. At. <laughs> but I also, but also wouldn't have been like, oh, I got to read this. In fact, like, you know, if this was John Smith writing, I would have been like, Oh, I don't know, is is is, is DC just trying to capitalize on the success of the show? Um But yeah, I mean once once it was a Tom thing and black label in the twelve issue and you know, let's be honest, Tom is becoming the king of the twelve issue, right? Like that's his that's kind of becoming his thing. Mm-hmm. Um deservedly so. So yeah, I mean, I was excited for it. Um, I think we're I'm, much like you all. I'm, I'm an unapologetic Tom fan, not just because he's our friend, but because I do think he's very, very talented. And so I knew that like it wouldn't be a bad experience. But uh, but this was up. I mean, so I, I thought I would enjoy it, but I, I enjoyed it probably more than I thought I would. Just in the sense that um, you all know this. I don't, uh, but but and I know this may be blasphemy for some, and maybe this is how we can finish off the yet. But I I as much as I think Watchmen is the best comic book ever, I was never a huge Rorschach fan. Like I viewed him as a vessel uh, in the, in the original, um, not someone that I cared about. So, uh, and I know that's somewhat of an unpopular opinion, um, but, but yeah, like, like if you were to tell me, Hey, one of your favorite writers is going to do a standalone maxi series about one of the Watchmen characters. And your editor in chief, who should they do? I mean Rorschach would have probably been like fifth on my list, so uh but with that said, I mean, first issue was was killer i i'm, I'm fully aboard
1: awesome, well, one has to wonder that dr. Manhattan's probably very boring to write, yeah, you know
0: yeah in fact yeah and, and and in fact, I think what the TV show did with dr. Manhattan is as that would be like you don't. I don't think you can do better than that as a follow up. Right,
1: right. You take yeah. him out of the equation or yep. humanize him in some way, yep. which is awesome. Um yeah. I mean, who else? Uh, yeah, okay. The comedian would probably be a fun story to write. So may-
2: that's the Punisher. I mean, it's, right. There's, but
1: but there's there's uh, antecedents
0: oh. for all these characters, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And and I, I thought honestly, I actually really like the comedian. um mini series in the before Watchmen, frankly. Um, yeah. It was very good. You know, because they made it yes, he was a vigilante, but he was a morally reprehensible, much more so than, than Frank Castle, really. Um and I found that intriguing. But uh yeah. No, I mean I, I like I mean I, I like Ozimandius a lot. I mean I, I really do. And uh, I, I would have been cool with that. And I think Night Owl, I think you could just pretty cool things with Night Owl. Um, oh,
2: yeah. Yeah. And I wonder, yeah, un- unfortunately, if that was then, people would have probably just figured Tom was just trying to retell another Batman story. Um, if Tom was the writer, if they decided to do that. But um, they've, for me, I mean, it was, I'm a fan of the question. So it really was no, it was, that's just, it, it mm-hmm. made sense for me to just. That, that, was, that was the character that I, I kind of was looking forward to. Plus, he was the one kind of more or less narrating it. It was, it was you know, he was sure. the one sure. who was moving things along. The, the other. I did like Night I liked Dan. Um, Silk Spectre, uh, based on what, what Moore did with the character. I mean, there, I didn't. I wasn't. There were characters that were on the page that I just. They were there, and I, I got through them as as they were part of the story. But that's, I, I was I was more excited to to see Rorschach every month.
0: Yeah, and and again, I mean, I, I don't like this is a weird thing because I I don't want it to come off like I think Rorschach is bad. I mean, I, I can't be more definitive that I'm on record as saying I think Watchmen is the best comic book ever made. So I I don't like there's that by definition that means no part of it is bad to me. Um, so you know.
1: All good see we 're so different. Ozymandias would be pretty far down my list of of compelling characters. Uh, in fact, I like Ozymandias much more in the h b o series than I do in the original comic. I think he's a bore in the in the original comic he's far more interesting to me in the h b o thing than he is in the original well
0: i'm not even disputing that but but what i 'm saying what if you 're asking me who I would want to have a single follow-on series be though part of it is my projection of what I think they can be that we haven't seen from Alan's work right like right. so that's all like is there more story to tell is what I kind of what yeah. in a
1: talented writer there's more story to tell about everybody
0: clearly yeah clearly yeah. and I think that's probably the lesson to be learned from this this Rorschach issue
1: indeed indeed All right, everybody, we have to give a big, huge thank you to our patrons for making this possible. If you would like to see what the whole Patreon hubbub is about, go to (laughs) patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. That's patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock, no apostrophe, comics. It's some good stuff. We have a lot of fun, especially on the Slack, every single day. In your travels, I would like you to read... A comic that answers the musical, muti- <laughs> the musical, <laughs> yeah, right, the musical question. Eighty years in the making, which is whatever happened to Amazona, the mighty woman? What is this? You say it's Planet Comics number two, from Antarctic Press. I'm only going to focus on one. It's an anthology. I'm only going to focus on one story, and that is the title or the cover story, Amazona Returns, written and drawn by Kelsey Shannon. It's incredible. And the reason why I find it so incredible is it's done in such a laid back, gestural, digital. I'm going to assume it's digital because these marks look like they were made digitally to me. Uh, But it features a woman who fights crime. She's a superwoman. She's not entirely human because she has a much longer lifespan than uh, your average human, but she has attached herself to a human being named Blake, um, and they have a relationship, and she is looking at her life, which moves very slowly because she has a, such an extended lifespan, and Blake being entirely human, she wants things to progress to another level, but she she has feelings for this person, but she can't because he's he's more finite, than she is uh if such a thing can be said but she's awesome she's beating up bad guys and taking their guns she's fighting aliens she's fighting a a diminutive chupacabra and it's all done in a very immediate super colorful uh style uh by um kelsey shannon that i just it just i took to it very quickly i love the approach it there's a little bit of um uh, the storyboard approach, maybe to this, because it's very fast. It looks like it was done very fast. Uh, there's not a whole lot of detail in the in the backgrounds, but uh, very super colorful, and she is ve- Amazon is very fetching, and I I just loved it. So hopefully we'll get more of this in Planet Comics number three, because it does uh, end on a uh, literal cliffhanger. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's very cool. Um, there is something working behind the scenes that will keep amazona tied up for a while so by the time i get to amazona yes so antarctic press you know i love them so much this is the cover is just gorgeous by uh uh, shannon and invest planet comics number two go get the first one too because that was a lot of fun but this one was better so it's 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 uh more optimism in the pot when your second issue is better than your first and, of course, it's an homage to the original Planet Comics. Ask Roy Thomas what that is. Uh, anthology, beautiful stuff. Get it.
2: No, We'll ask him next time he's back.
1: Well, he, he thumbprints the original Planet Comics from PSR books. That's why I said that. He's, his name is all over it. U.M. Smart. Yeah.
2: Uh, English Travels, this is a book that um, we're two-thirds away from it being over. Uh, although the character does appear in at least what looks like, um, at least the cover of an issue of something from future state. But, um, I really shouldn't torture myself and read far sector in single issues. This is something I absolutely should wait until it's completed, but, um, NK Jemisin is is writing such a solid tale and Jamal Campbell's art where um you know I enjoyed the work on Naomi and I liked what I saw when Far Sector started but something happened um with the 6th issue where it just I I don't know if it was. Well, I don't. I, I don't think it was um, the pandemic. There was a delay between issues, and that that was something else where it took me a minute to get back to it. And and yes, because the first issue, first couple of issues came out so long ago, um, longer than eight months ago. There are things that um, I would I would benefit from if I was reading them all one after another in a nice nice collection, but. Um, it's it's still a fantastic story where, you know, Green Lantern is trying to keep the peace and, and we're getting we're getting flashbacks with um with with her origin, with 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 her origin from being a uh small child, um, going through uh seeing her parents go through a divorce, her being in the armed forces, her being a police officer and trying to stand up for what's right, but of course, um cops who uh who is forced to make problems go away when you try to report those to people who need to know these things that are happening uh the rest of the squad may not necessarily agree with your way of thinking yeah, she's she's been through some things and uh when is it a guardian shrug eh, when someone approaches her and and offers her a ring um there's also little differences where uh, Hal Jordan, Guy Gardner, or other Green Lanterns are mentioned in passing, not by Joe, but by someone else um, on this planet. Uh, they 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 talk about the differences between actual or other Green Lanterns' rings and Joe Mullen's rings. And uh, there's a little bit of a difference. And we're getting little pieces here and there of uh maybe what those differences are but i you know i'm i'm a fan of Jemison. i i, I reading one of her short story collections um i need to get on the ball and read some of her other long form trilogies um but her playing around in um in the dc universe as far as green lantern corner of it has been an absolute blast and and i come Campbell, I think, is 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 the perfect um artist for this story because of the different alien races, because of uh there's there's a whole I'm not gonna call them species because they're pretty much digital, but there's there's a whole uh there's a whole race that their currency is is memes and earth yeah. memes are art. That's, like that's your their paradise gold. So I mean it's just and I mean her her digital sidekick is nicknamed Ken Has, because can i ask cheeseburger it there's just there's there's you and flip and
0: Artie, you'd be just like
2: the, like the senators up in that place Perfect book, but it is it's it's um no it's it's a blast i'll i'll be sad when it's over but i really hope that um that a we see more of joe and and past whatever happens in future state but i hope um this is not the uh this is not the only comic book related story nk jemison writes and uh and that she writes something hopefully soon after this, this concludes and we're not, uh, we're not waiting for, you know, that Piers Anthony follow up, but it, it's a, um, it's no, I, I absolutely far sector. Absolutely. Um, catch up. If, if you can, I, I hope uh, put on my Vince hat, I hope it's a really nice hardcover when all is said and done. Uh, but I, this absolutely will because there's a murder mystery. There's, there's a whole lot going on where it definitely, um, I mean, I like the serial aspect of it. I I think she tells the story nicely in chunks, but I want to just sit down and just read this straight through and really get the, um, the whole story literally. And, uh, and just, just be happy about it. But yeah, far sector in your travels, I'm done.
0: Word up. I got to shout out, um, our good buddy and longtime listener, Mr. Tim Meekins, who sent us goodies recently because my inner travels is something he sent me uh oh, yeah and that is from short box Sobek by mr. Yes. Stoko. yeah um it's the only Stoko thing I didn't own before he sent it to me and it was so awesome man like it, this is what comics are about it's 32 pages one shot it's got freaking gold foil cover dude it's ridiculous um it's it's just a badass little one shot story about Egypt, uh some folks go up river, they find Sobek and they're like, yo my dude, uh some fools be up in our temple trying to usurp your Shti. Uh they worship Set and uh we need you to come correct. And Sobek's like Bet and he fucking comes off his little chill out perch. Rolls up the Nile, goes into the fucking town in Egypt, and fucking, whoops, sets ass. And that's the story. And it's like, it's great. I mean, Stoko, it's the perfect visual aesthetic for Stoko. Um, he draws Sobek, who is crocodilian in nature, as this giant crocodile with this ridiculous giant gold like helmet. And um, dude's like full of attitude, and he keeps it 100 and he whoops Set's ass, man. Um, which is interesting because in Egyptian mythology Seth is his dad, but they don't really Stoko kinda I, doesn't mention that or at least plays fast and loose with it. But either way, man, it was fantastic and it's like a reminder that not everything needs to be hundreds of pages to to fulfill. Thirty-two pages in and out, and it was dope. Don't need any more, felt fully satisfied, and you know, Stoko is such an incredible cartoonist and, and the detail he puts in a page is just jaw dropping and um I can't thank him enough for um, l- helping me complete recomplete my stoko uh library
1: cool excellent yeah i have to give a big thanks to jeff carter just just a big thanks and that's it oker okay. yeah there you go he knows why Mm-hmm. Oh, and support your
0: Inktober people out there. It's Inktober, we're midway through.
1: There's another it's one, too. In- Holo, uh, what's the Halloween-themed one? There's Inktober and there's another drawing Halloween uh, extended thing going on this month, the name of which obviously escapes me. But Inktober hmm. is Inktober's the first, right? Yeah.
0: Vince, I don't know if you have Hulu. Do you have Hulu?
1: I don't have Hulu, No.
0: Because they, they uh, have a new show called Monsterland on it.
1: What's this?
0: It is a horror anthology show.
1: Um,
2: and isn't there the, uh, the Clive Barker Books of Blood also?
1: Now, see, that I would watch. Yeah. Well, I, I mean for it is that, that may yeah. be, but
0: this is not. Monsterland is based on a series of books by uh, Mary Laws. So it has nothing to do with the Clive Barker, unless Clive Barker also adapted. Mary no,
2: Christmas. well, no, no, no. I'm just saying that I, I don't mean I didn't mean to say that my, they're not related. I just know that you mentioned that Vince might enjoy that, but being a Clive Barker fan, I figured Vince would also oh, enjoy okay. this. Books, Books of, of Blood, yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So that's a pretty high bar. Books of Blood. That image is so freaky. Yeah, but those are great stories. In fact, they they would probably be my favorite. Uh, things that Barker has written, so I don't know. Uh, that's one of those things where I would love to see it, but I would also hate to see it, right? Because mm-hmm. inevitably, it's not going to meet my uh, or exceed my expectations. So. But right. whatever, such such is life. There's also a Hellstrom series. There is with one with uh with one L. Yeah. Really. As in, yeah. Why one L? It's, it's try. It's,
2: it's so trying to be. Um,
0: I don't know. Yeah, I don't
2: know. Uh, Constantine.
0: <laughs> I assume as much.
2: Yeah, helps to review Hulu horror show is one of Marvel's worst in years. Hmm.
0: There oh, you go. Okay. Yeah, I mean it is based on the MCU. I mean it is an it, it is a Marvel show. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's pretty. cool. Yeah, I think I going to have a uh, a Modok show. I believe too. Is that right? I think it's animated, but yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't. I'm, I was skeptical of it because you got Damon Hellstrom. You got he a sister apparently. That's one of the main characters, Anna Hellstrom. Uh, I don't know. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, I mean, I gotta be honest, I've never watched the the um, the uh, Constantine show. I, I heard that's pretty good.
2: I mean, it. I've never watched it. No, I mean it's. It's different than the movie. Um, just like I mean you could say the same thing about the two Daredevils, but the um uh I I I liked him when he would show up on the CW shows, and I know they ended up pulling him into Legends of Tomorrow, uh, for the three people who also watch that. So you have Oh, he's um, that
0: he's a regular cast member in that?
2: Yeah. So uh so at least he's able to continue on after NBC cancelled the series. Uh it was no it wasn't it wasn't horrible. I I didn't watch every episode of the season i saw i think most of them and i enjoyed the underlying plot but yeah no I, I not knowing not reading every uh constantine book or hellblazer book i i don't know how faithful it was to um previously written stories or, or how he sounded he probably i believe he played a better constantine than keanu did mm-hmm. uh but it's Shocker. uh I know, I know. I, I still have to, actually have to finish. I have to watch the second season of Runaways. I didn't. I didn't see mm. that. I never got around to that.
0: Me neither. Uh, Vince apparently, Mitch Peleggi is uh, in Hellstrom.
1: Look mm. that. Yeah, not enough reason to watch it. <laughs> That's your dog, though. I do like Mitch too. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to invest in a Marvel TV show. Nope, not happening. Hmm. I don't watch DC TV shows. I, I'm just – I'm not a TV person. You are not. That's true. No. They were on YouTube, though. Be all about it. <laughs> it's yeah, true. what if you could watch on YouTube? No, 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 no. <laughs> it's, not the pl- it's not the place where I watch them. It's the people that make them. I don't need to see uh. any of that. Yeah. Speaking of Constantine, uh, we're doing the uh, movie poster assignment in my class. Ooh. And one right. of the one of the girls is doing. She said, oh, "I'm going to do Constantine." I said, "Oh, so you're you're doing you're re- reworking a movie poster for a crap ass movie," and she, and she's like, "No, Constantine's a great movie." I said, "You obviously have not read the source material because you wouldn't say that." And we we had a little back and forth. I didn't say crap ass in in, in <clears throat> class, but we had a back and forth about how she was trying to convey the merits of the film and i said there are no merits to this movie it's just garbage it's trash but you love bad movies no it's not it's not good trash but it's not, right yes yeah, constantine a- oh, the movies it's pathetically bad
0: it yeah. is very bad is. no but i would think but i'm surprised you would hold that against her though i mean i, I would think can't you make art out of anything like I no mean- oh, yeah and
1: she's going to and, and I, I have this slideshow that well not a slideshow image show that i do and we got to the bad movie section, and it's riddled with almost every X-Men movie poster ever. They're pathetically, horribly bad. Um, and most of them are, yeah. they're, 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 they're tragic. That's how bad they are. And the, the propensity of studios to do the head motif, where the, the, the biggest draw has the biggest head on the poster, and then it descends in size down the cast list, and that's your, that's this big studio recipe for creativity. Just a bunch of heads. Plat- like, that's Marvel's method for doing movie posters. We'll just litter it with heads. But anyway, and contained within these, this assemblage of bad movie posters was every iteration of the Constantine movie poster. And she, that's when she's like, what are you talking about? Those aren't bad posters. And I'm like, okay, well, yeah, all right. Graphically, they're trash. And the inspiration for these movie posters was trash as well. And then we just got into it. But it was fun. It was a fun little back and forth we had. It killed time anyway. Um, So there you go. Nice. Yeah. But she's, I told her, I said, I will give you a, a, a flash drive with 20, 30 issues of Hellblazer. The first maybe 30. And I said, you read these and you tell me if the movie stands up in comparison to these books. Challenge accepted. Boom. Oh, yeah. Boom, lak, boom. Because I'm sure it is hell not going to let her read my singles.
0: <laughs> hell no. Nah.
1: Yeah. I have the entire run. The first, the vertical, the first run. Went and then, right. Yeah. It's some masterful yeah, it was storytelling actually,
0: it was there. Halloween time. I was just thinking about how
1: where the right place to start if I wanted to start somewhere would be. With Constantine? Yeah, well, the first Hellblazer. Just read Hellblazer, the first.
0: But is that really the best place to start, though?
1: Uh yeah, yeah, I would say so because his his appearances in Swamp Thing are fleeting. Yes. No, I
0: just meant like like later on, like 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 issue one. Do you or like? Do you oh know, yeah, like, is no, like, issue
1: one. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Like, isn't it? Wouldn't most consider Jamie Delano to be the definitive
1: writer? Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, there was bit, has been a lot of of good writers that uh, did Constantine, and uh, or yeah, I would just read that first. Read the entire series. What was it, two hundred? Well, and... okay.
0: I mean, yes. I'm not going to be able to read. T- I'm not going to have the time nor nor focus to read the entire series. That's All right. But Delano the started it, right? Like he started.
1: Yeah. Uh, read the. What is it? Um. Read the ones. Original sins. Original sin is good. Read the the ones that Richard Corbin illustrated. There you go. Okay. It's great. May, it's all It's all great. Yeah. All right. We hope you had a great time. Surprise. Boom. Tom King. We thank him for showing up. That's uh, so how we freaking do it. Out of the blue. Uh, okay. Come back in a couple of days because we'll be doing this again. If you That's want right. more 11 o'clock shenanigans, go to Facebook, Reddit, Instagram, and Twitter. We are all over that thing. Wear a mask, wash your hands, hold and hug your loved ones, and above all, say goodnight. Vote. Yeah. Don't be a dick and destroy ballots. Because you're going to get a baseball bat to the back of the head. <laughs> David. Good night. <laughs> I drank McDonald's coffee this episode. Oh. Yeah.
0: I drank Cocktoberfest. <laughs> <laughs> no, i
1: kidding. It's like, there's a movie to be made there. That's it for that one.